lightweight, waterproof, and tubeless. Episode 83 of the Juicebox Podcast is brought to you by Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. This episode is with Ashley. She's a the mom. She's an Ava. She's an Ava. Ava. She's the mom of a little girl with type 1 diabetes. Her daughter Emerson was diagnosed around 18 months. Ashley herself has diabetes. She had gestational when she was pregnant. And she has a lot of really crazy stories. I laughed a lot during this episode. I think I'm going to call it Diabetes Palooza. At some point in the podcast, I'm going to crack up laughing really loudly. Uh, If that uh, surprises you or shocks you in your ears, I'm sorry. And let's remember this while we're talking. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. I'm not a doctor. You have a doctor. Go talk to your doctor. If you don't have a doctor, get a doctor. But don't listen to me. This is a podcast. You get what I'm saying. My name's Ashley, and my daughter is Emerson, and she is two. She was diagnosed when she was 18 months old, so we are actually coming up on our, it will have been one year on a Saturday, so we're almost a year into this with her, <laughs> and for me, I am about two months into my official diagnosis, I guess, and about six months into knowing um, what was going on with me, but not really being able to um, get in, like get a referral to an endo and get what I was needing (laughs) insulin. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we've said a lot already. Let's, let's figure it all out. Um, So you are, okay. So let's start here with Ashley. Ashley's diagnosed when she's Eight, how old? I'm sorry, 18 months old? Oh, I, I'm actually no, Emerson. No, I'm sorry, Emerson. I'm sorry. Yeah, Emerson's, I'm looking at your name and saying her. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, let's tell everybody right now, Ashley, this day has not gone the way we planned it as far as doing this podcast. So <laughs> just give up. <laughs> that's a lot's going to go wrong here, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so I'm sorry. Emerson was diagnosed when she was 18 months. Yeah. And that was about a year ago. And then, but how long had you been kind of fighting with what was happening with you. So how old are you now, first? Let's say. Uh, okay, I'm 32. Okay. My husband reminded me a few weeks ago. I was like, no, I'm 31. I just lost a year of my life. What are you talking about? <laughs> you and I have a lot. Well, I'm 32. <laughs> you and I have a lot in common. I am forever um, purporting my age a year younger and not on purpose. I just can't remember yeah. how old I am. And I'll go on for a while and Kelly will finally say to me, you know, I've been letting you say this for like six months, but you know you're 45, right? And I'm like, no, am I really? And so, um, you know. Exactly. So yes. how, how long ago did you end up at a doctor wondering what was going on with you? Okay, well, um, well, I can kind of go back from the very beginning. Um, okay, so when I was pregnant with Emerson, they diagnosed me with gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty much the beginning of the end for for us <laughs> when it comes to diabetes um I we have zero family history I knew nothing about it whatsoever just completely ignorant about the entire thing um so I go and you know you do the oral glucose college test they call they're like you failed it it's so this is so weird it's so crazy you're not our you know typical kind of you know person that Maybe it would look like they would <laughs> have gestational diabetes, but it happens. Hormones are weird. 
come back in. I'm sure you're going to pass the three-hour test. Pretty much everyone does. So I go back in for the three-hour, and I um, I failed the fasting, and I failed the one-hour. And so they were like, well, you can go home. You don't have to, no need to do two hours or three hours because that's, if you fail two of them, then you're diagnosed. So, um, okay, so I had gestational, uh, supposedly. Um, it was diet control. They put me on, you know, a diet, eat this many carbs this many times a day, check your blood sugar two hours later, make sure you're not over 140. So um, I just did that religiously. And I was like, super strict with it. And I, I think I had one blood sugar over 140. And I like accidentally popped a peppermint in my mouth without even thinking about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How long were you pregnant when the diagnosis came for you for the gestational? Um, it was just, it was when they do just the regular check at 28 weeks, I think is when they normally do it. First, first pregnancy, second, third. Yes. First pregnancy. First, yes. Okay. okay. Um, and so you're controlling it with diet and that's what they wanted you to do. And that's working well for you. And then does that change during the pregnancy? No. Um, so yeah, that was kind of one of the weird things, you know, they were like, it's probably going to get more difficult to control as the pregnancy goes on, blah, blah, blah. And my numbers just kind of stayed the same. Like I would have fasting numbers that were just right around like 90 to 95. And then um, I was eating, they had me doing 30 carbs every meal. And I would be right around like 122 hours after meal. So um, I thought, hey, that's great. You know, like I'm doing fine. I never dreamed of checking my blood sugar like an hour after I ate <laughs> to see how high I was actually psyching or anything like that. I just thought, okay, this is great. You're, so following, then, you're following their instructions and it seems to be within the parameters exactly, of what they've set up for right, you. Okay, okay. Right. So um, the time is on, you know, we have Emerson, everything's great. And then all of the, you know, typical symptoms start to show up. And since I had had gestational diabetes, you know, I was aware that high blood sugars can cause like excessive thirst and excessive, you know, urination and all that. Um, so I noticed Emerson is just like, just going through her diaper, she's just tearing through. Di I'm like, she's, she's never soaked through a diaper. And all of a sudden she's waking up wet at night and, you know, we'll go out to like run some errands a couple hours and she's soaking her pants. I'm like, what in the world? So I told my husband one day, I said, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to count the diapers. I'm not going to throw, like throw away. Like when you come home, there's just going to be a pile of diapers over here <laughs> in the corner because this seems excessive, but maybe I'm imagining it. So um, the next day I did that. And I think I changed like 25 diapers that day and um, they were all very wet. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, there was a tiny bit of wetness um, and she was just, desperately thirsty I mean I'm sure you you know you remember um and so I actually still was just thinking no like I'm just being that mom that like thinks something's wrong with my kid and it's not like that's gonna be so embarrassing to go to the doctor and they're gonna say so she's drinking and she's like peeing like that's good you know <laughs> like that's how it's supposed to work so um, I actually just dug out all of my stuff from when I was pregnant and was just going to check her blood sugar, you know, myself. I was like, I'm sure it's nothing, and then I'll just feel better about it. Um, so I checked, and she was 585, 
and not nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So pretty much once I recovered from seeing that number, um, it was it was eight thirty at night. So I called the ER, and um, I'm just talking. It's not okay. I'm just like telling the story. Ashley, listen, uh, listen. Some people listen to the podcast and they're like, "I love it when Scott talks," and some people are like, "I love it when Scott shuts up." So I don't even know if I'm supposed to be here or not. I can't tell by the people I get the emails from. But you're doing a great job. If you if you were off track, I would stop you. Don't worry. So you're doing great. Okay. So- I, I do have a I do have a question before you tell me about okay. the ER, right? So, yeah. and and if it makes you too sad, don't don't tell me. But when <laughs> when you test her blood sugar and it's well over 500, and she's 18 months old and it's your first kid, and you're sitting wherever you're sitting in your living room doing this, yes, does exactly. it just do you just start crying? Do you flip out? Do I, you, how did you handle it? there I waited till my husband got home from work like I said it was it was in the evening and I said you know I was still going off of like gestational diabetes so actually I had better dinner and I'd waited two hours after dinner on purpose because I just thought you know then I know exactly what number I'm supposed to see and I'm sure we'll be fine so we'd eaten about 6 30 um so I check her and my husband's holding her and I you know pricked her toe saw that number and I don't remember the next few minutes, my husband said that I just dropped, like just dropped to the floor. Sure. And um, the next thing I really remember is being on the phone with the with the nurse in the ER, and I told her I just checked my daughter's blood sugar. She's eighteen months old, and her blood sugar is five hundred and eighty-five. Um, I'm assuming I need to bring her in, and she said, "Oh, okay, so she has diabetes." And I said, "Well, clearly, yes." <laughs> But no, she hasn't been diagnosed, you know, obviously she does, though. Um, and she said, well, there's really no, no need to bring her in tonight. Um, you know, just I would just call and make an appointment with her pediatrician. And I'm like, uh, you know, at this point, if I've gotten if I've gone as far as to check my daughter's blood sugar, you know, I've been on Google. Like, isn't it fascinating? That's thinking, such that's such patently terrible advice. I always, I always ask people when they tell me stuff like this, like where, uh, you don't have to tell me exactly where, but where about in the country do you live that like, I, like yeah. it would make me feel better if you told me you live like on the side of a mountain somewhere. Okay. Well, actually this may make you feel better. We okay. live in Arkansas, but it's, you know, it's a city. <laughs> like I, I think if you told me you lived on Mars, I wouldn't feel better about that because, because that's fa- someone should have said to you yes. Pack up everything you'll need to stay a couple of days and come yes. over right now. <laughs> okay. So um, I basically was just like that's that's not right. Like I just stayed on the phone with her and I just kept saying things like, "So you just want me to put her to bed? Yeah, just put her to bed. Call your doctor in the morning. Make an appointment." It's like. So, like, I, mean, just, I, I would have been like, where did you go to nursing school? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was your GPA? <laughs> do, when your parents talk about you to other people, do they seem proud? I really need to figure out who you are right now. So, yeah. Oh, so, needless to say, I don't recommend our ER to too many people. But, um, so, after about five minutes of that, uh, she said, just a second. And she was gone for a little bit. And then she came back on the phone and she said, um, actually... We we need you to bring her in immediately, and we've called an ambulance to take you to Children's Hospital. Actually, like, I've spoken to someone who knows what they're talking about, and they'd like you to come to the hospital. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. Did you later find out that you were talking to like a, a person who cleans the hospital who picked up the phone by mistake or something like that? Or was there a guy there fixing the vending machine or something? There was really no explanation for it. Fascinating. That's wonderful. <laughs> Okay, so yes. you get, you, anyway, oh, geez, we, we get there. Think, you know, she's think, not in DKA. Thank goodness, mm-hmm. we caught it. We caught it early. Um, so they send us to Children's, and we were in Children's for. Uh, we spent one night there, and then they came in and said, "Okay, we think you're ready to go home." And I about, <laughs> I like just died. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like I was planning on just you know staking out of permanent residence. I, I'll tell you that when, <laughs> when my first kid was born, um, my son Cole, the, the nurse came in the room like that night, you know, after everything had, you know, kind of settled in He and leaves the baby with us in this little rolling bassinet <laughs> and she goes to leave. I'm like, where are you going? And I said, I said, look, you don't know us that well, but we, we probably killed this kid inside of like three days, you know, and not on purpose. Um, and she's like, no, you'll be fine. It's natural to feel. And of course it is natural to feel that way. But once you hear the diabetes, like that feeling, I know for me, was like a hundredfold. I was like, wow, no, yes. no, 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 oh, wait a minute. It, 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 you know, so, and, but there, so then, okay, so now this is only, this is a year ago. Um, what kind of yeah. technology did they give you uh, going out the door? How did you, how were you supposed uh, so to manage we were, Yeah, we were on MDI. Um, we were just carb counting and, um, yeah, we were on Lantus and Novolog leaving the hospital. Okay. So. Wow, that's that's a lot. And and how did you find the first few months to be? I mean, were you, it was nothing short of the worst time of our lives. I mean, it was just it was terrible. We had a really really rough start. Yeah, how so? Um, what what made it so rough? Well, her blood sugars were just completely ridiculous. Like I guess what maybe works with I felt like we were kind of um given like a blanket like this is what we typically do with kids when they're diagnosed well Emerson was one you know and what they typically do with kids that maybe are 10 11 12 that that wasn't gonna work for Emerson but I feel like we were kind of given the same protocol um so we came home and her blood sugars were just through the roof I mean like crazy crazy high all the time um, and I was calling every day, like, Hey, her blood sugar's 500 again. Like, Hey, her blood, you know, and we were, they were telling us to dose after meals, which I mean, I understand the premise of that. Like yeah. when you're, yeah, such a little kid, like you don't know, but that it, it wasn't healthy. <laughs> yeah. And they were telling us, you know, Oh, these, they gave us a list of these are free snacks that she can have. Um, there's nothing. If food crosses Emerson's lips she's getting insulin like if she's gonna eat a rock i'm giving her insulin. Yeah, it, it was like that and is it still like <laughs> so, that it does a lot of do yeah. a lot of stuff affects her no matter what she is super 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 sensitive okay. so um that was hard and we had a group of like the nurse like we didn't have an endo like i um we never saw um just like one doctor and they kind of kept pushing our appointments back and bouncing us around to different doctors they were like really understaffed at the time so when all of our changes were made by nurses and they had a team of three nurses and it would just be random. Whoever, you know, would get back to you with the emails or the phone calls. So I didn't feel like there was very much consistency and no one was really kind of tracking what was going on over time. And it was really frustrating and really stressful, which we ultimately ended up um, 
changing to a different endocrinologist, which we love now. But um, and were they able to help you answer some of those questions about the blood sugars and how they got so high? Or, or, or let me ask you this, I guess. Then are are you still having those difficulties with our blood sugars, or have you figured that stuff are, out? We're not. Uh, well, to a way lesser degree, you know, it's still, it's still type one diabetes, but um, our days are much smoother now. Um, no, we actually ended up just, I mean, my coping mechanism is information. So I was just like, I was reading every book I could find. I was just researching as much as I could. And um, the nurses actually, when I would call with these, you know, concerns about these high blood sugars, um, we got, we started Dexcom about four weeks um, after she was diagnosed. We were still doing MDI. And um, that was just, on my own, like I called Dexcom and was like, what do I have to do to get a Dexcom? <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> if anyone needs it, it's got to be you, right? Right. So, and the, right. like the nurses were telling me, oh, like we don't really have a lot of kids on that. De- like, I just don't understand. Anyway, they were not um, up to speed with the CGM stuff whatsoever. So when I would call you mean, and tell you mean, me, I'm oh, sorry, Ashley, you mean the woman on the phone who wanted you to go to sleep no, when her blood sugar was 600? She didn't know anything about a glucose monitor? <laughs> Another hospital still oh, in Arkansas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is at our children's hospital. Um, and they like I was just told, well, you know, remember, like I would call and say, you know, she's up even still two, three hours after breakfast, her blood sugar's still over four hundred. Like it's still reading high on the Dexcom. And they would say, Well, you know, you really wouldn't know she's going that high if she weren't wearing the Dexcom. We're just really worried. (laughs) Hold on, Ashley. Hold on a second. Stop. Stop a second. Stop talking. Stop, 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 stop. (laughs) I'm going to have to laugh for a second. Oh, my God. (laughs) You would never know you got hit in the hammer if it wasn't for all your pain receptors. Like, if I hit you in the head with a hammer but you didn't have pain receptors, you'd never even know unless the blood dripped on your hand. Who would... Oh, jeez. I got to get you out of Arkansas. All right, so... So, yeah, she's like, you know, we really are more concerned about where she's going to... Where she starts at the next meal and if she's, you know, somewhat in range. And I'm just like, no, this is not... No, of course not. That's ridiculous. (laughs) So, um... We actually, you asked about if we're, you know, still having the same problems. We actually just, um had to really, really modify her diet. And I mean, I know that's a kind of a hot topic um, within the type one community because there's a lot of people that feel like, you know, you shouldn't, you should be able to eat whatever, you know, everyone else eats, especially kids. But for us personally, it wasn't healthy for Emerson. Um, her body just, it, it, it doesn't handle carbs well you at all. You do whatever you need to do. I want to stop for a second and just say this blanketly to anyone who's listening. If you don't have type 1 diabetes, your blood sugar is probably like 85, okay, right. okay, right, most of the time. It, I know it's difficult to keep it near where it needs to be, and difficult's not a strong enough word, but for the course of the conversation, it's difficult to do. But if someone's telling you that it's okay that your blood sugar is 150 all day or 200 all night or whatever – it, you have to go over what the idea of okay is because what is what are they saying to you? Are they saying, listen, I'm afraid you're going to get low. Like, like, are you willing to trade life later for life now? Exactly. You know, like that's a that's a that's a big statement to make. And when they tell you, don't worry about it. We're just worried where she is at her next meal. 
Like, that's ridiculous. If she eats three times a day and is 400 for an extended period of time in between those things, there's nothing you're you're not just losing the battle. Like, like I don't know. Right, I don't exactly. I don't want to be like a, you know, a defeatist, but I, maybe just stop <laughs> fighting the battle at all. You, you, yeah. you know, like, like there's a way to understand how insulin works. And once you have that understanding of how insulin works, these spikes don't exist anymore. And for a healthcare provider to tell you that it is okay for your blood sugar to go to 400 as long as it comes back at some point, that person no, has no exactly feeling. That's exactly what we were told. Yes. Yeah. That person has no sick. feeling for how insulin works or how to or how to utilize it. And I'm so sorry that anybody ever said that to you. And if anyone who is listening has had that said to them, message me personally. Yeah. Although not too many of you, because my wife will be like, What are you doing all day talking <laughs> to people about their blood sugars? But I would be happy to lend anyone advice that I could. Not advice. By the way, let's go right here, Ashley. <sighs> Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Um, and but if I had something I could say that might help you move in the right direction, I would be thrilled to share that with anybody because that's nuts. Yeah. I feel terrible for you that, that someone told you that. But but okay, so you're figuring out you're modifying the diet a little bit. Um, you right. get the Dexcom. What's a good what's a bad day look for like to you now? Like what's a blood sugar that you're like, oh, I can't believe this has happened to us now? Okay, yeah. Now if she goes over one forty, I'm I'm uncomfortable with oh, that. Look at Ashley, much better. So okay. um Things are much improved. <laughs> now, can you imagine a path to where this would have been your initial idea of diabetes? Like, what if someone would have given, like, what information were you able to find on your own that the hospital wasn't able to give you that got you to this 140? And, and what would have benefited you to hear at the time, do you think? Before Ashley tells us what she thinks would have been beneficial for her to know sooner in diagnosis, let's talk about our sponsor, Omnipod. Now, normally I tell you about Omnipod, tubeless insulin pump, go swimming with it, play sports with it, temp basils, all this great stuff, low A1C. I tell you about all that, then I go, go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo for more information to get like a free demo pod. There's no obligation. It doesn't cost anything. I usually say all that. This time, I'm going to say something different. So there's this really great software called Gluco that helps you get all your diabetes data together and make more sense of it. Now, Gluco costs money every year. I think there's a like a $60 fee or something like that to use it. It's this great app and everything. But did you know that if you're an Omnipod user, if you're a current Omnipod user, you get Gluco for free? Omnipod pays for it for you. All you have to do is, you know, you go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo if you don't have the Omnipod to get the Omnipod. But if you do have it, you go to myomnipod.com. There's a tab for the learning center. Then you go to download software and there's everything you need to know about getting Gluco for free. what I just say? Free? Are you telling me there's there's no cost? That's correct, Scott. There's no cost. If you are a current Omnipod user, you get Gluco for free. Now, come on. Free demo pod. And if you decide to get the Omnipod, then Gluco's for free. Cha-ching, baby. Okay, listen. MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo to try a free no obligation demo to see if you want an Omnipod, which come on, you're going to want it after you try it. And if you're already an Omnipod user, go to MyOmnipod.com, help center, download software, get Gluco going for freeze. Let's get back to Ashley and find out what she thinks would have been beneficial to know at diagnosis. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, when we were, and I understand this when, you know, when you're First diagnosis, especially if you have a very small child, like I was admittedly a basket case. So 
I understand that they were probably like, tread lightly in that room. Like, this girl's on the edge. They just major- whispered in each other's ears, don't yeah. tell the crazy lady how the insulin works yet. You exactly. think it might have been like, that, right? <laughs> I mean, I just think, so I felt like it was a lot more rainbows and unicorns than was realistic. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, that this is going to be your new normal. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's still not, like, this isn't normal. Like, it's not normal to have to know exactly, you know, every single bite of food that your child takes and give them a shot. Like, that's, it's not normal. It's never going to be normal. Um, And just a lot of, like, you know, nothing has to change. They can still eat all their favorite food. You can still do everything the way you did it. Like, I don't know. For for me and for uh, for us personally, that was kind of, it was just misleading. And I wish someone would have just been very real with me and said, look, like, <laughs> you can't eat bananas anymore. Like, don't ever buy a banana again because that's not good for her. But and it, and at and the same, but see, now I wish someone would have said to you, look, you know, a banana, as an example, is not going to be an easy thing. You're not going to just peel it when you want to eat it, give yourself some insulin, it's all going to work out. You're probably going to have to pre bolus for a banana. 15 minutes ahead of time and you're probably going to have to adjust the basal rate uh, and increase it for a while and you know there's all these other things you're going to need to do because I actually think Ashley that you'll find a way to accomplish the banana as an example at some <laughs> point but but not without not without all the caveats that go with it it's not it's right. you know what I mean like you can't eat a banana and 15 minutes later give someone insulin that's not right work. exactly right. yes and so we were like I was Probably about a month in, you know, I called the nurses and I was like, okay, like, I'm going to pre-bolus, like, just kind of let you guys, give you guys a heads up. Like, hey, guess what? I, mean, I don't know if they have this at your medical school, but I got the yeah. internet here at the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, oh, boy. <laughs> so I started doing that. I would give her a shot, you know, before, like, about 15 minutes before she ate. Um, and I would maybe cover, like, 20 carbs with that. And then I would give her another shot when she was done eating, if she ate more. And... Even with the pre-bolusing um, with her, and I think when you're just talking about a one-year-old with such tiny blood volume, I mean... It's hard. It really 20 is. 20 or 40 carbs, that that adds up quick. You can get there quick, and it can just affect their blood sugar so, so much. Like, still, I mean, Emerson is two and a half, and one carb will raise her blood sugar about 50 points today. Um. So, I mean, you can imagine we're feeding her 20, 30 carbs a meal and we're dosing afterward. Like, it was just... That was not it was going anyway. And I don't know. What was your experience, like, with Arden when you guys started? I don't know how far into it you were when you got a Dexcom and were actually able to see everything that was yeah, going on. Maybe, maybe when she... Maybe three years in we had Dexcom, three or four okay, years. yeah. And uh, we didn't have an insulin pump until she was five. So I went three years without an insulin pump and, wow. and it was just, I mean, it's, it's like you describe it's, it, it, it was me, you know, you get stuck with all the, the little problems. It's a little kid. I don't know exactly how much they're going to eat. And right. even, even if I could talk myself into believing, you know what I do see, she eats about the same, you know, with these meals, there's still the fear of like, well, what do I do if I need her to eat and she won't? Like that fear right. freezes like, you a little bit. She can't be reasoned with. She's one year old. Right, right, yeah. right. Like, hey, I need you to drink this now. Daddy gave you too much insulin. And she yeah. and she stares back and she's like, I'm not drinking that. And then, and then what do you do, right? right. And so plus you're doing, 
MDI, so there's no ability to manipulate the basal rate, and you know, so right. there, exactly. there's that. Like last night's a, a super example. We gotten like we had a pump change last night prior to bed, and 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 I changed the pump, and she's like, "I'd like to have popcorn before I go to bed," and I was like, oh, "Yeah, okay." And so <laughs> I, I pop some popcorn. I gave her the popcorn. I'm bolusing like crazy, giving her way more insulin than the popcorn and the blood sugar needs because it's a new pump. I'm not sure how quick it's gonna kind of start working right and so i pushed it pretty hard and a couple of hours after the last bolus she was 110 diagonal down and i was like oh this is gonna start running on me and i shut her basal off for an hour and she leveled out at 75 and i was like oh i completely win i just i win (laughs) you know and then it and then she drifted back up to like 96 and stayed there until She's been growing again. So until about three thirty in the morning, when something hit her and she tr- it, it jumped up to one sixty, and and, yeah. I, and I had to push it back down again. But it, you know, prior to all this technology and this great stuff that you know that I'm using right now, I was just like insulin test. I'd stare at her a lot, wondering. I know. If the, like the, like, 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 blind. I wonder like, if she's high ask- or low. It, it, you know. Yeah, people would ask me like. Well, how's your day going? And literally, I would be like, I don't even know how to answer that I'm until just like the next, kid alive. the next test. Like <laughs> when I check her in an hour, I'll tell you if I'm having the worst day of my life or if it's a great day. Like, I don't, know, I don't if, know. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast or not, but at, I use timers a lot because I would test at increments, right? And I would like, mm-hmm. like most people are like, oh, you, the doctor would tell you bolus and then test three hours later. We think that's how long your insulin action was. So I was like, no, I want to know what happens right after dinner. Right. You know, so I would test like on the hour. It got to the point where I stopped setting a timer because I was a, I was a human one hour timer. Like you could just, you could at any point in a day, look at me and go, Scott, I want you to tell me an hour from now. And I could hit it. It was, it was ridiculous. I could hit it within a minute or two. I'd be like, okay. I think it's been an hour. You, you, you know, like, so. Someone hand me a lancet. I, I know it's an hour test. And it was really, I'm not even making that up. That that got to the point where I was worried about myself. I've like, I've becoming a rain man of how long an hour is. You, you know, this is not a, this is not a marketable skill I can get out into the world. And, and so. And then, you know, the pump came and then I kind of taught myself more about like about the basal rates and how to kind of work with those. And, and but I still was a little scared to give her insulin more than once because people told me that was stacking and that was scary yeah. and I shouldn't do that. And then when the glucose monitor came, that's when that's when I started making like wholesale changes. That's when I said to somebody like, I'm going to start trying different insulins because I don't like the way this one's working. And, and, you know, because I saw all these double arrows up and double arrows down, and I was yeah. like, this can't be right. You, you know, so I changed insulin and I don't, I never, ever, my gosh, ever see double arrows ever, you, you know, awesome. like, and so it yeah. just turns out that one of the insulins was better for her than the other one, you know, so, yeah. you know. And like, what did you end up switching to and uh, from? We use, um, we started with Novolog and we switched to Apidra. Okay. So and you just find that that. Apedra works a little faster. So I hear people. Or? I hear people say Apedra works faster, and I guess they mean like like I guess the the onset of it comes quicker to okay. for some people. Yeah. I don't find Apedra to work any faster or slower than Novolog did for us. I find it to work steadier. Okay. So Novolog used to 
Um, I just like to say hi to the people at Novo Nordisk where my wife works right now. I'm very sorry. I'm sure Novolog <laughs> is a fantastic insulin for many, 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 many people. Um, and, uh, and I know that it is. But for Arden, uh, you would get this like – it would spike and then – if you gave her extra insulin to stop a spike, she'd get ungodly low afterwards. And mm-hmm. if you and if you gave her enough that she was stable three hours later, she would get ungodly high first. And so that just doesn't happen with the Epidra for Arden. It just works better for her physiology. That's all. Okay. Yeah. You know? Well, that's that's interesting. I don't. Different it stuff. For is Epidra very commonly used? I guess everyone that I know is either like Humalog or Novolog. Listen. It's it's the healthcare industry, whichever yeah. whichever whichever salespeople show up with the best bagels, that's the kind of insulin yeah. you're using. Which, by the way, I think is illegal now, and I'm sure people don't do that anymore. But <laughs> it used to be, you know, listen, going back 20 years ago, the you know the sales rep would come into the doctor's office and say, "Hey, we have this new medication we'd like to tell you about. Why don't you come to Hawaii so we can show you the presentation?" <laughs> Well, hell, now everybody's getting that medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the government figured out that wasn't a good idea, and they stopped that. You can't do that. I don't even think a, I don't even think a pharma person can leave a like a like a pen anymore with people. Like it, it's it's so like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that some of these companies have become entrenched, and then that's just what doctors hear when they think of Novola. It's like Kleenex, you know. Right. Kleenex are is not tissues, but that's how we think of it. You, you know. Yeah. So I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm saying that. If you're using an insulin that doesn't appear to be working for you, there are other insulins you should try them. You, you, you know, maybe one of maybe one of them won't work better, but what, what's what's it hurted? Give it a shot. And you know, and, I, and somebody took me up on that um, that idea recently and said, I went to my doctor and I said I wanted to try a different insulin. They told me no, and I was like, did you tell them you were going to get a different doctor, or yeah, or, or did you say because I would have said shut up and pull out your pen and write down what I need you to write down, and I'm going to go try this insulin like. What, what's it hurt you if I try a different insulin? You, you, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't make that, that you have to be persistent sometimes. But so we switched the insulin and the peaks and the, the double arrows stopped. I mean, really, like if I see them, I don't even know that I see them once a month. Yeah, and, not yeah. Even and that's what we are with. I mean, we just had to, you did it with the insulin. We, we did it with the diet, but it's, it's rare for us actually to see even a diagonal arrow anymore. Um, with the way that we eat, so well, how, how? And I don't want to use the word severe, but how strictly are you not eating carbs? Like, what's a what's a day look like for? for okay, um, so she, we just, we basically eat like just whole real foods. So um, tons and tons of vegetables. Um, she eats, you know, meat, chicken, turkey, bacon, whatever things like that. Um, we eat lots of nuts and seeds for like snack type things. Uh, we avoid grains. She does not eat any any grains at all, any bread, anything like that. Um, I make a lot of breads out of like almond flour and coconut flour. Um, I make muffins. I make there's a lot of low carb you know alternatives that yeah, you sure. can you can make for things. So, you know, when, when we have muffins, it's like, instead of guessing and like, eh, it's maybe like 30 carbs. Well, like if I'm off two or three carbs, like I said, you know, two or three carbs for Emerson raises our blood sugar 50 points each. Like I'm off by 150 points. Like that's a huge deal. So, um, instead, you know, I make a lot of stuff like that where it's like, okay, this whole muffin is like three or four carbs. Mm-hmm. And then if I mess up, you know, it's not, the end of the world. Much, not yeah. a disaster. 
Um, and so, and we fruit, um, we limited amounts of fruit, mostly berries because they have more fiber and they're just a little bit easier um, on blood sugar in general. But sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what we do, and that's it's what works for I us sh- right I now. I should be like that, to be honest. <laughs> so. Well, that's actually how I then discovered that I most likely had type one as well. Because uh, Ashley, you want to go to that? <laughs> let's go to that now. Okay, so okay, let's everybody so. take a deep breath. All right, <laughs> phase so, two. So, 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 so. <laughs> beta cells are just dropping like flies at our. <laughs> <laughs> no one's safe. Um, th- how many people are in your home? Yeah, it's just my husband. He's the only one left. He's the only so. one with the working pancreas. I bet he probably stays away from you guys. He's probably like, you know what? I see this is coming for me next. Um, okay, so so it's you check his blood sugar just to make ourselves feel worse about ourselves. You know, <laughs> he'll eat all these carbs, and he's like eighty-five, and I'm like, oh. He he's like, how's that coconut uh, muffin you got there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks yummy, guys. <laughs> so, well, okay, so you are. Let's see, how long has by the way, I'm, uh, as you're talking, my, the, there's a little part of my brain that's just going nuts trying to figure out how to title this episode where like Emer- <laughs> Emerson's some bad, uh, I don't know, medical advice or Emerson great no. muffins. I can't decide how I'm going, but the word Emerson <laughs> are getting in there somewhere. Anyway, um, so, so, so at what point in Emerson's diagnosis do you start going, hey, something's funky with me? Okay, so you know, after you have gestational diabetes, they're like, you know, just check your blood sugars every once in a while, you know, just make sure like every three, I think it's every three years, you should have an A1C because they're like, people are prone to type 2 diabetes um, who have had gestational diabetes, but like, you're not going to get type 2 because, like, I mean, I, I just didn't fit any <laughs> of the markers for someone who would get type 2 diabetes or have insulin resistance causing gestational it just didn't make sense like I literally weigh 100 pounds and like I ran through week 34 of my pregnancy I ran a marathon like two months before I got pregnant like it just didn't add up because because you know what in fairness right like it is really one of those oddities is that Type 2 diabetes is something that someone immediately thinks in their mind, well, if you're overweight or you're unhealthy or you don't eat well, you're, you're more apt to get type 2 diabetes. And those things obviously don't help you in the fight against type 2 diabetes. But at the right. same time, plenty of people like you who look like they could go outside and you know run forever and never fall over and have never seen a Dunkin' Donuts and that kind of thing, <laughs> like plenty of people like you have type 2 diabetes also. So yes. it's not uncommon and it's not unheard of. But it right. is it is something it's it's not for whatever reason what we think about uh, you yeah. know, as as a mess. Yeah. So so you get that whole th- but but still you're dutifully going to check your blood sugar get your right. A1C. So I mean they made me feel you know you have absolutely this is never going to happen. You know, we're still going to check. Just, uh, yeah. Right. So um, I had checked my blood sugar a few times like before Emerson was diagnosed, and I was kind of like, oh, that's weird. Those are the same numbers as when I was pregnant. Well, that's. I would kind of expect them to be lower since I'm not pregnant anymore, but right, right. they were always under the, what I was given as, you know, under 100 fasting, under 142 hours after, which it wasn't until Emerson was diagnosed and I really started researching like the, a typical non-diabetic adult, their average blood sugar is 83, you know? And I was like, well, I've never, 
ever seen an She's 83 on a yeah. meter mm. ever <laughs> so that's the average like supposed to be my average blood sugar you know that that's not happening so I was kind of like yeah well um so then Emerson gets diagnosed I'm like this is just all too much obviously there's something going on um and then we went low carb with Emerson and our my husband eats that way and I eat that way we kind of did that you know out of solidarity with her we were like we're not gonna have any food in the house that she's you know, that she can't handle. So that's not good for her. So we cleared out, you know, the kitchen and we were all eating the same way. And I started checking my blood sugars now that I'm eating pretty real low amounts of carbs, maybe like 10 carbs a meal or so, maybe 15. And my blood sugar's still pretty high two hours after I ate. I'm like, wow, oh, that's weird. So I start checking one hour after and start getting some some pretty high blood sugars, not crazy high, but I also wasn't eating carbs. Yeah. You're a person so, who's basically chewing on cardboard and their blood sugar is high. And so, <laughs> right, right. So this is not, this is not expected. Now so I, you have to tell me which hospital did you go to? Eventually. Yeah. So yeah, just keeps, we have really great experience with doctors. So I go to just my regular doctor and I'm like, you know, my blood sugar's high ish, but he's not an endocrinologist. I mean, he's like, what do you mean by high-ish? And I'm like, well, fasting's like 90s, high 90s. And he's like, that's perfect. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but like after I eat, two hours after, it's like 135. And he's like, that's perfect. <laughs> like, you don't have anything to worry about. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm eating like celery. <laughs> and that's how I Yes, I had it. celery. And again, I have the internet. And I'm pretty sure that that's <laughs> not perfect. So, so, so you, um, and, you, know, you and Emerson are, are real sensitive to carbs then. Yes. Yes. Um, And I mean, me, not near as much so. And I do still, I'm still producing insulin and I'm still, you know, in the honeymoon stage. And so mine is like wildly easier to manage than hers is. It's like almost feels like it's not even the same. (laughs) Let me me ask you this because I have, I have so many questions. So, and I can't keep you forever. So, um, so how do you get the doctor to take you seriously that you think you have diabetes and how does he first I go in and I'm like, so I want to, I'm like, I'm fasting. I want to see peptide tests. And I want my A1C. And he's, it's this general practice. And he's like, no, I'm not going to, I don't know. I'll do your A1C. So he runs an A1C and it comes back and it's fairly good. It's 5.1. He's like, you're perfectly fine. And he actually told me, he said, you know, some, some people's blood is just kind of weird and some glucose meters just don't really like some people's blood so i would have said that does not sound technical at all what <laughs> yeah. you just said i, I <laughs> please please you are doing such a disservice to arkansas people already are baselessly joking about us and you are making it worse and so please stop with your some people's blood is different <laughs> I, think my, I think that's my last terrible story Oh my gosh. So, You'd be better um, off literally just going to WebMD. Like if you needed yeah. surgery, you should go to WebMD, find a homeless person, show them how to do the surgery and let them do it, I think. <laughs> Honestly, this is terrible. And so, okay, so, oh my gosh. That was frustrating. So but people's okay, blood so is different. Well, like, thank you. All right. I'm going to get, you know, I've got to get this tested somehow. So I, um, we actually went through TrialNet. Um, and so my husband and I both got tested. And of course, my antibodies come back, you know, positive and super high <laughs> naturally. I'm like, I knew that. So um, I just, I called the doctor's office and said, look, I came in, you know, and talked to him. I was concerned. 
now I've got this test. I've got really high antibodies. Now will he refer me to the endo? So he did He did do the referral at that point. How kind. Uh, so from then on, everything's been smooth sailing. Like the, um, I actually take Emerson to an adult endocrinologist. So I was just able to see him. And I mean, I had emailed him before and he's like, yep, like I'll just see you when I see Emerson. Like, so everything's been fine after that okay so so you have type one also now are you you and i know you say you're honeymooning still how long has it been since this has all happened to you so i've been on insulin now for about two months okay not long and i am yeah and i'm only taking bolus insulin right now i'm not on basal okay so you're just you're using like a pen or something yes yeah okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you're trying, obviously with your diet, you might extend this, you could end up extending this honeymoon for, for a while. That's the hope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah Plan. I mean. Um, so yeah, basically like early insulin treatment and like a low carb diet has been shown in some people to help extend the honeymoon. So yeah, that's, I mean, the longer that I can get by. It's worth a try. With yeah. a Simple, you know, mine's simple right now, and Emerson's is super complicated. So I just can't imagine having two super complicated things going on. Yeah, so. sure. Well, okay. So, how much has Emerson's Type One helped you with yours? I'm interested if it has. I put thought into your head there. I'm not certain that it has, but has it helped? Well, I mean, just the fact that I probably. Mine probably wouldn't have been caught for a very, very, very long time if I hadn't had to dig so far into, you know, researching what are truly normal blood sugars. And, you know, I wouldn't have known because like what the doctor was telling me when I was pregnant under 100, under 140, like, okay, bam, bam, like I'm good. But um, so it really kind of woke me up and was like, okay, yeah, you're 97 fasting number every morning. Yeah, maybe that's under the cutoff, but it's not normal. Like something's going on, you know. So I feel super lucky that I was just able to catch it so early. And I'm just on these tiny doses of insulin. And it's not, it really didn't add like a huge, you know, additional stressor to my life at this point, which is nice because there's enough stress trying to manage a toddler with type one. So (laughs) that's, that's, that's incredible. Like I'm, I'm glad it didn't kind of come crashing down on you all at once. Yeah. You you might've actually been the crazy lady that they're whispering about if that would have happened to you. Um, how's your husband with all of it? Did he, is he very involved with them or something? I don't know. You're like, I don't know if you're a working mom or stay at home. Yeah. I stay at home with her now. I used to teach and, um, but now I stay home with her. So I do the bulk of it just because, I mean, I've heard you say before, like you kind of get, you know, a feel for it and you kind of just know instinctively, like, you know, I've heard you say like, you're like, give her a unit. And your wife's like, what? Like, why? It's like, she needs it. I know she does. Um, So I kind of, I guess one person kind of takes the lead on that and I'm with her more, but um, he's definitely involved. He definitely helps with you know, overnight checks and things like that and, and pump changes, pump site changes. And we're the luckiest parents in the whole world. I think we're the only parents that when I say Emerson, it's pump change day, she jumps, starts jumping up and down and clapping and says, yay, yay, pump change. This is fantastic. I love this. This is, this is better than the Wiggles were and which she would have missed by 10 years, but nevertheless. Um, so, so pump. Okay. What kind of pump are you using? She is on the Animus Ping. Okay. 
And you're using a CGM also, right? The Dexcom? Yes, yeah, Dexcom, okay. yes. How much of what you do is based off of the Dexcom in a day? Everything. Um, we, I, I would not be able to do um, the, like the diet that we do with her, with eating low carb and how we keep her blood sugars in line. That would be completely impossible without the Dexcom for us. Um, we, <laughs> we do things kind of differently. Um, I pre-bolus her for the carbs that she's going to eat in a meal. And then I watch the Dexcom. And usually she doesn't, if I've done it correctly and I've waited the right amount of time and all of that, um, I won't see much movement from the carbs. Um, and then about an hour and a half to two-ish hours after she's eaten, um, she starts to, her blood sugar will start to increase from the protein that she's eaten because um, since we eat so few carbs, um, we actually convert the protein that we eat into the glucose that, the rest of the glucose that our body needs. So I'll watch the Dexcom really, really closely. And when I see that start to go up, I'll check her, do a finger stick, make sure she's really going up. And then I dose her um, to cover the protein that she's eaten as well. And I just, I wouldn't be able to do that without the Dexcom. Yeah. So, do you ever use temp basils to address the protein? We have tried that. We've tried combo bolusing. We've tried doing temp basils. Um, and I think it's just kind of experimental for everyone. But what works for us is just to go ahead and do a separate bolus at that time. And it just kind of matches up with the protein um, conversion into glucose. Is It's not super fast like you know when you eat carbs it's, it's quick but it's not insanely fast <laughs> that's why and i was so, wondering about it about it being something maybe you could do with basil because yeah but it's a little faster than we can cover with just like basil or a combo bolus like it kind of needs to be all of that insulin all at once working in her um but it, it's slow enough moving to where i can wait and see the rise and then i, I can bolus it and it can pretty much catch up with it and just kind of even her out um so let, that's... Let, me, let me say this to you because I have, over the last week or so since I've posted um, episode sixty three and sixty four, they're um, they're with Dana Lewis and Scott Lyman. Yes, right? I listened to those. Amazing. Right? The, the, the husband, <laughs> the husband and wife who made their own artificial pancreas, yes. right? And I think it was actually more the conversation I had with Scott that um, started making me like just want to think about the basil even more, like because. We kept talking about how, you know, it, with an artificial pancreas, like it just increases basal and it decreases basal, right. but it knows when, but it knows when to do it prior to when it needs to be done so that the basal, because obviously insulin takes, it's a different amount of time in everybody to work, right? Like it could take 15 minutes, it could take 20 minutes, it could take a half an hour in somebody, like who knows? You know, that's right. what makes people's pre is all different. But so sometimes people don't think of it that way. Like if you set a new basal rate, like increase it a half and, you know, for a half an hour, you, your blood sugar doesn't magically start being affected by the basal rate. Now, if, if it takes 15 minutes for it to affect you, it's not going to start working for 15 minutes. But the, but the, 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 the artificial pancreas would know to have done it 15 minutes before that. And I just started thinking like, wow, I'm, I'm going to try harder. Like, uh, like with the basal rates, because it seems to me like there's a secret in there to learn. You, you know what yeah, I mean? And I kind of want to learn it. I want to learn it before somebody makes an artificial, you know, before I get yeah. my, my Omnipod artificial pancreas, like before yeah. that happens. <laughs> like I want to, I want to see, like, I want to figure it out for myself. Like that seems like the next step to me. And I don't want to wait 
two years until somebody brings something to market because there was something that Scott said to me and, and um, I think they both actually mentioned in their different episodes was that it's possible that when your insulin pump company comes to market, they may come to market with the idea of keeping your blood sugar at 140 is pretty good. Right. You, you know, and I was and I was like, oh, I never thought of that. I was like, I, I wouldn't want that. Like I, you know, yeah. like that's not what I would be shooting for. So I, I really want to try to figure that out. Actually, like like, and I, I don't know. Like it sounds like you'll figure it out too. Like you're, it's something you're thinking about. But how do you, how do you know something's going to happen before it happens? And the answer is, if the artificial pancreas can figure it out, then there is, there are indicators that tell you, right. you know, and the way Scott was describing that they don't use any special data in their, in their DIY artificial pancreas. They use the same data that you and I see on our Dexcoms. And I'm like, damn, I could figure that out probably. So. Yeah, I agree. Sure. De- I mean, Dexcom's huge. And a lot of people use it kind of as like a safety net like for lows and I feel like that's totally underutilizing you know its potential like you said I think there's a lot that we can learn from you know watching it and looking at the data and if that Dexcom you're just using it to save yourself from having a seizure way under right? way under utilizing it right. and also please for those of you who have the high threshold set like at 300 stop that because that doesn't help right. you either you know like you have to you have to know when your blood sugar is going up not know when it's already so high it's going to take three hours for you to do something about it and right. so you, you know like where do you have your set where's your high threshold set at we have it set at 140 oh i like that that's a good answer and then we have her low at 80 and it gives us a little time to Respond, you know, we feel like if she drops below that, but um, that's where our and we. Are. You, so you do eighty. What do you do for your high? One forty, eighty and one forty. This okay. su- this summer, my goal is to go seventy and one thirty. Okay. But I usually I'm going to wait for the for for the um for the school season to stop. Yeah, so um, you're with her more. <laughs> yeah, just so I can figure it out because seventy, like I, I'll have to tell you, Arden was seventy four for a long time, um, two nights ago. And I was like, well, this is great. Like, I really like this at 74. Like, this is, this is perfect. You, you, you know, and 74 yeah. and not falling, obviously. And no, right. You know, but, but that's like today at school, for instance, was another example. She, she's like, she texts me and she caught me, she kind of caught me off guard. I was out and she's like, hey, it's lunch. And I was like, ooh, damn. Like, usually I pay attention to what her blood sugar is about 10 minutes before she's going to tell me we're volusing for lunch because, what if she's 75 at that point? Like, it's going to be hard for me to pre-bolus and things like that. Right. So sometimes I'll say to her, like, you know, could you take a tablet now or something to try to move it a little so that, you know, the pre But But she it's caught me. Thing. She was like, hey, it's time to pre-bolus. And her blood sugar was 99. And I was like, okay. I said, so I want you to do you – because know, she gets like a bump. No matter how much you bolus at lunch, I see a bump at like an hour and a half later at school. So I was like, all right, so set attempt basal. I increased it 70% for like two hours. And then I said, and then I, you know, we're going to do eight units of insulin for lunch, but just do like 60% of it now. And then the other 60% have it go in over a half an hour because I couldn't give her eight units at a 99 blood sugar. She wasn't going to eat for 15 minutes. Like I I could do it at home like that, but I'm not going to do it at school where she might. I don't know. You know, some, some I mean, teacher might nice. stop her in the hallway and be like, "Hey, yeah. Arden, how was your softball game this weekend?" And then ten minutes later, I'm like, 
you know, I'm texting her going, are you eating food? But nevertheless, like, are you passed out? (laughs) Yeah. Hello. So, but nevertheless, we do the pre bowl at 1225 and at 105, she was 74 and steady. And I was like, I'm like, this is fantastic. You know, because now yeah. I know all the foods in already, and now the food and the insulin are fighting with each other at seventy four instead of it. You know, it instead of that's it, awesome. Whatever. I just can't. That blows my mind. Like I can't imagine a day. And I, I wonder. Like, have you seen a big change in Arden's ability to like handle carbs as she's gotten bigger? Or like, I just can't imagine. Emerson like eating a meal that required units and not going to 600. <laughs> and I get I get your question and the reason I'm not able to answer it is because I didn't have any of this technology when Arden was 2 years old. Right. But I would true. say this that a lot of people are doing this successfully. Like you, you like, yeah. like you know Scott Librand said that there's a like a like a child your daughter's age using their DIY like artificial pancreas. And so they're keeping you know, that, that child's blood sugar that low. I should probably find that person. Listen, if that person's yeah. listening right now, send me an email. I want to have you on the, on the podcast. But, um, but so, but so like the, the idea is I would think, yes, like I would think that the difference, not that I think you should change your child's diet. I think it sounds like you guys are going to live 200 years, but, but you know, like I'm, listen, I'm going to be dead in a month, but, but you, you're going to be going forever. But, but what I'm saying is, is that I don't know that you couldn't do it. I just think that there's a lot of courage involved in that decision. You, you, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like eight units of insulin is a lot for Arden. Yeah, that's crazy. And I don't count, count her carbs, by the way. So I just look in her, I just make her a lunch and I'm like, you know, that's probably going to be about eight carbs. Eight yeah, you're, you're a braver man. <laughs> and so it pro- because oops, I lost you for a second and I'm sure. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I just I lost my headphones for a second. They're back. Sorry. Um, okay. I um, I, I what I can say is this: is that if I gave her eight units today and she got low and stayed low, then we would have addressed it. And you know, I, I put something on my Facebook page yesterday, and God knows when this will go up. So please don't go back looking for it on the Facebook page. It's probably a month <laughs> and a half ago, but. It was just like Arden's graph after pancakes. And I was like, hey, look, here's pancakes. You just kind of have to be bold with insulin, you know, blah, that, that kind of thing. And, um, and people were like, I don't understand how you did that. And, and one guy said, what did you do when she hit like 70, like, you know, 90 minutes afterwards? Like, and I said, well, actually, we have peaches in the house and Arden wanted peaches. So I was really heavy handed with the pancakes thinking that if I miss, I'll use the peaches like so then I get the double bonus. She gets to eat the peaches as a snack and I can use the peaches to save a low blood sugar if it's coming. And and then another person came back into the thread and was like, I don't understand. Like you like what are you saying? And I'm like, I'm saying I use too much insulin on purpose yeah. so that my daughter could have peaches ninety minutes later. And I think that fried someone's brain. You, you, you know, but but that's very and so now the the great thing about doing that is is it really only got her down to 70. So then I can look back and see what I did before and say, look, if the peaches weren't there and I just did maybe a half a unit less, this would have been a 90 blood sugar after pancakes. You, right. you, you know, and so I just, I say it all the time. I'll say it again. If you don't give yourself these experiences, you're not going to get any of the data back. If you don't get the data back, you won't know how to make a better experience the next time. So, yeah. So, and again, I, I should say I, we have a continuous glucose monitor. I can see when my daughter's blood sugar randomly falls or jumps up and 
I would probably not be that um, bold with without it, you know. So I, I'm being honest, but at the same time, you know, my kid ate. I, I'm not talking about a pancake yesterday. She had like, I would say they were eight inches around, and she maybe had four of them. Oh. And she weighs like seventy eight pounds, and her blood sugar never went over one sixty. Well, that's impressive. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I'm pretty sure if I eat pancakes, my blood sugar is going over one sixty. So I didn't feel too bad about. It. And by the way, had I next time, I would probably do a couple different things and, st- and stack some smaller boluses, and I probably could have kept that one sixty out because there's a great blog on the front of my website on at ardensday.com. It's called Anatomy of a High Carb Breakfast, and it actually shows you during French toast and, and um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, French toast and fresh fruit and like all yes, this stuff. Yes, I've seen that. My head was exploding right. like, oh my gosh, Like here's no. where some more went in. And, and when you go look at it, there's nothing scientific about it. It was all me standing there going, another unit. Yeah. Up the basil. Go ahead and have the grapes now. Like it was sort of like that. And But that's what the artificial pancreas will do some at right. some point like right so yeah. i don't know it's so funny we do that and except we do that on like the most minuscule scale that you can possibly but, but imagine you'll still, i'm you'll like build on that need another point zero five to cover this. yeah but actually don't you think you'll just keep taking in that information and build on it and build on it until one day you just look at your husband and you're like we are eating pizza <laughs> and i don't mean like pizza made with coconut oil like we're going out and get by the way i don't know how good the pizza is in arkansas but maybe it would be worth coming north for i'm not sure um if I'm not sure how the pizza or the healthcare. By the way, let's say I'm sure there are Maybe plenty more of, than one reason to move north. I'm a hundred percent certain there are a ton of great doctors in Arkansas. I'm just yes, joking. Based are. on we just had a crazy experience. I've never been to Arkansas. I don't know what I'm talking about. If you live in Arkansas and are listening to the podcast, I'm joking. Please don't come after me. It's just a joke. But you have to admit, Ashley had some pretty terrible medical advice. I know. Yeah, yeah so. it was crazy. Now, Ashley, here's the thing. We're at an hour already. Your, del- right. your delightfulness spilled right over into ni- into 60 minutes like it was nothing. Well, it's anything- been great talking to you. <laughs> Thank you. Is there anything we missed that you did want to talk about? Um, no, I just, uh, yeah, I just enjoy listening to all the different um, experiences that people have had and the different ways to manage. And I just love that you're giving people the chance to share because then people like me are listening and they're like, oh, okay, I think I can try that. And um, it's just great because there's not a lot of, I don't know, like I've met one other type one person that lives <laughs> in our city. So you don't get to just like, you know, I talk know. about these things and I, what works for you and what you can try. So excellent. I'm so, I'm well, first of all, I'm, thank you. And I'm so happy that you, uh, that you reached out and I haven't said this in a while on the podcast. So let me say it. If you'd like to be on the podcast, uh, Ashley just sent me a note and that's what you should do too, because you know, if you if you're listening or if you listened before and you've heard someone else's story that's made you feel more comfortable or normal or given you an idea, then just know that that person didn't come on the podcast that day with the intention of doing that for you. And when you come on, you'll do it for somebody and you won't have to plan for it either. It's just through the conversation, you know, that that's how things like this come out. So if you've heard Ashley say something today that was really valuable to you, just know that she and I did not plan anything that we were going to talk about. Uh, that is the secret to my podcast, which is I put almost no effort into it. And so <laughs> I like to think of it like just you and I on the phone and people getting to listen, you, you, you know. And so I appreciate you reaching out. And Emerson has an adorable name and you are fantastic. You know? 
I really, I, I, and you know what, the one thing you said that I really want to commend you on is that when you changed the diet in the house for her, that you changed it for everybody. Like I, that's really, that's because as an adult, it's difficult to make like a, like a change like that for yourself. So that is really commendable because you could literally be the person who's like, Hey, Emerson, on your way to get your almonds, grab mommy's Doritos, <laughs> you, you know, and and it's such a, it's so cool because well, it's I think it's a lot more to my husband than to me because I was, I mean, I was kind of like, oh, my blood sugar is kind of iffy, like what's going on? But, you know, my husband's pancreas is fully functional and he could just be eating whatever his little heart desired and he chooses to support us and eat the same way that we do so um he is totally to be commended that is that is <laughs> seriously that's that's wonderful now listen i don't know at lunchtime when he's at work he's probably in the car with like yeah. a dozen donuts <laughs> and he's just like oh my god this, di this diabetes i haven't seen a crawler he comes home, i'm like what do i feel on your breath <laughs> yeah, yeah, what is that, <laughs> that i smell <laughs> huge thank you to ashley for coming on and sharing her story i think you agree she was delightful i'm always delightful but but she was really delightful Thank you, Omnipod, for sponsoring this episode and making the Juicebox podcast possible. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo to try it yourself. And if you're an Omnipod user already, don't forget that Gluco is free for you. Go to myomnipod.com to learn. Go to myomnipod.com, go to the Learning Center, click on Download Software, and the next thing you know, you'll be Glucoin for free. Glucoin, not an adjective. I just made that up. I will see you soon. Next week, in fact. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. It's time's meaningless. It's a podcast. Goodbye.